Now, welcome to the CatTunes podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Crowley. On this podcast, I'm going to talk about the stories behind my songs, the production tools that I've used, the production methods that I've employed, the instruments that I've played, the instruments that I've discovered, the arrangement methods that I've used, the real-life stories which precipitated the creation of my entire albums or of my separate tracks. So let's jump right into it, shall we? And uh, welcome you listening to the Cartoons Podcast. Today's uh, episode 54, I'm going to be talking about the song called The Stone Shower, which is just one track away from the end of the Overcome album. This is one of the songs that wasn't written fully until 2019, when I've written all the lyrics and I recorded finally all the vocals. Um, there was really almost nothing for this song except for the title and uh, the very very intro riff uh, back in 2006-2007 when I started working on the album or the first track so it's one of those tracks that couldn't see the light of day for the longest time I didn't know how to go about it I didn't really know back in 2006 or 2007 what did I mean by the, sto the stone shower I just had an interesting title in my mind and uh, I've sort of reserved it as a placeholder. And then later in 2019, after all of these years, when I myself started to experience the awakening, so to speak, I've written this song, The Stone Shower. And at that point, I guess, I started to realize what is it really about. The Stone Shower, the title, I think, metaphorically speaking, refers to uh, the experience of the awakening when you see that things are crumbling around you. All the things that you thought were solid, all the beliefs that you had, all the things that you relied on, all the figures of authority that you thought can be relied on and can be trusted, all of that was falling apart. And to be fair, I didn't have much trust and uh, many figures of authority. I was rather skeptical and I was rather questioning a lot of things over the years but still it's quite peculiar that the title for this song um, I came up with this title back in 2006-2007 and then in 2019 when I was actually awakening on a much deeper scale and I was learning so many things about uh, the you know, geopolitical context about society, about culture about a lot of things um, and when I myself came to realize how destructive is the force of victimhood, the victimhood mentality, and how the entire Western civilization is basically uh, being taken down and is crumbling because of certain uh, things and certain influences and certain teachings that undermine it, and how people are being made weak. 
uh, this is when it all started to come together and I was like, well, The Stone Shower perhaps is the best title that I could have ever conceived for a track like this. So, I will read the lyrics uh, and uh, I don't really think that I will have to explain a lot because it's all right there on the surface about our society. And that's why this track is in the very end of the Overcome album. That's why it is in the very end. The realization that you're on your own, that you really have to develop a mind of your own, that you have to develop an opinion of your own, and that everybody, literally every single individual, should watch out for certain things. I'll just read through the lyrics and I think you will understand this uh, even without me explaining too much. So the song, and um, it's an explicit song, so there is gonna be some swear words in it. For those of you who are not prepared, just letting you know, just a heads up. So the song opens with a uh, kind of a mockery line, which is, I need a safe space to hide from the malevolence of the world. And then there is a response to that that goes, what you really need is to get the fuck up and fight. This is the opening of the song and it basically encompasses the entire song. This is about me getting really pissed at everything that I've observed, all the tendencies that I've observed in the younger people in the West, specifically in the United States. All of this obsession with victimhood, all of this whiny, weak uh, mentality, um, absolutely castrated approach to life. Uh, people not willing to take on challenges, people reveling in their insecurities and uh, making cowardice into a virtue, uh, oppression points, etc., etc., this kind of stuff. And uh, this basically, this opening lines, uh, these opening lines, they exemplify my attitudes. So. Then there is a few screams that go, get the fuck up, get the fuck up. And then there's the first verse, and all of it, you know, a lot of the song is basically screaming, guttural screaming and uh, growling, which is quite understandable because of the uh, subject matter of the song. The only thing that is being sung is basically the hook. So then there's the first verse. I'm here, and I'm unashamed to ask you, how the fuck did you end up tamed? Is that a preference, a kink, or a game? Am I the only crazy one who doesn't want to be insane? Eyeless, heartless, there's nothing like this infatuation with oppression points. You've chosen to be miserable, so don't misbehave while I refuse to be a victim, because I'm not a slave. Then there is the hook that goes, save all your sticks and stones, because they will never cut me to the bone. I've chosen to be free. I'll stand my ground on my own. Fuck yeah. Then there's like a middle section that goes, I've seen the fallen, I've seen it all, high on each other's tears. The dead and those who tried to crawl, plagued by their, plagued by the same despairs. Drown in your victimhood disease, an epidemic cult. Your virtues have you on your knees. Confront, or else get fucked. At the time I didn't know that the pandemic is coming, that this whole COVID sham is gonna 
be rolled out. I didn't know anything about this, but I sort of had a feeling about the, the um, crippling and the weakening of people in the West is setting a stage for something, that something is going to happen, that someone is going to someone is already taking advantage of people's weaknesses of their mental mental weakness of their inability to get their stuff together uh, of their health of all of those things someone is going to take advantage of it uh, big time and uh, it turned out turned out that I wasn't wrong then there is a hook that goes time never spares no one in love with death they're dancing cheek by cheek I'd rather stand alone and find my strength when I'm weak. Save all your sticks and stones, because they will never cut me to the bone. I've chosen to be free. I'll stand my ground on my own. So, this is basically about saying, you know what, I don't need all your validation. I don't need your recognition. I don't need to be anywhere on your oppression hierarchy. I don't need any of that, and I don't care if you agree with me. I know that I'm able to find the strength that I need within myself. In other words, and I didn't say it that way back in 2019 when I was writing this song, in other words, I can find God on my own, and I can withstand everything because I know that I can find that path. So that's why I save all your sticks and stones, because they will never cut me to the bone. I've chosen to be free. You can't take my freedom away from me. You can't take my soul away from me. That's what it's all about. Then there is another little verse that says, From Lilith all the way to Eve, I've walked through hell, don't pull my sleeve. You suck at life. You suck at life. Don't play naive. How dare you tell me how to live? From Lilith all the way to Eve, this refers to, obviously, my own personal life and uh, the various um, the various twists that I've had in my life and the various change in beliefs that I had. Uh, and uh, my discovery of the darkness within myself and uh, my path to taming that darkness and to finding light. I've walked through hell, don't pull my sleeve. So, I've seen things. I've walked through things. I've been to places. I've experienced certain things. Don't pull my sleeve. Don't try to convince me that you somehow know better, know better because of your authority, your alleged authority. Don't try to... Um, brainwash me because you're going to fail. It's not going to work on me. Because I've seen things. Because I've been to places. Because I've walked through certain things. So don't hang on my sleeve like an idiot. You can save this for someone else. You suck at life. Don't play naive. How dare you tell me how to live? How dares anybody tell anybody how to live? Then there is another section that goes, Blood is red until we're dead, but lies make you feel empowered. Blood is red until we're dead. What that means, what I was, the meaning that I was putting into, uh, in this line is 
we're all we all bleed the same red blood. We're all human. And then we die. And then it's all over. Basically, that's what it means. Blood is red until we're dead. Um, it is about that we are all human and uh, we should be probably looking for commonalities. We, we probably have a chance, as long as we are alive, we have a chance to redeem ourselves. We have a chance to come together. We have a chance to build things. We have a chance to fix ourselves in our societies, as long as we're alive, while we bleed red blood until we're dead, and then everything is over. So, blood is red until we're dead, but lies make you feel empowered. There is too many lies, like feminism, for example, if we're talking about women. This enormous lie of uh, empowering women through feminism, through radical feminism especially. The lie of Planned Parenthood, and that it's okay somehow to dispose of life. It's murder. But women are being told that that's okay and that it's very empowering and liberating to do so. So there is a lot in this one line. Blood is red until we're dead, but lies make you feel empowered. Microaggressions hint the truth, but you don't joke unless your ass is covered. See how ridiculous this is. Microaggression. So many people, certain people, were talking about microaggressions. That is a microaggression. This is a microaggression. And you can't say this and you can't say that. It's politically incorrect to say certain things. And then they're not able to joke about anything really because they're so castrated, so sterilized. So, confined to their set of rules, Polit politically co correct rules, but you don't joke unless your ass is covered, that's what it means. Entitled, you'll keep falling back instead of moving forward, because that's what entitlement does to you. It's, it, it strands you, it strangulates you, it suffocates you, while you might think that uh, you're moving forward, that you're so progressive. Uh, it does the opposite to you, it destroys you. Entitlement is not a good thing to have. Life has no time to wipe your tears and no safe space for a coward. There is this crowd of younger folks who... I feel very sorry for them, unfortunately. I feel very sorry for them because I think that their fate is very unfortunate, because they are led to believe that they have plenty of time and that, you know, <laughs> that they're somehow entitled to a variety of things, including safe, sp safe spaces. They're shielded from the malevolence of the world. They're shielded, they're shielding themselves in their safe bubbles from the truth. The truth about the truth of the brutality of this world and how things are being really run in this world and by whom. 
but they are led to believe that they should seek safe spaces that they should not disturb their fragile minds by the truth. These four lines are mostly about the quote-unquote victim groups in the West. This is about women. This is about young people. This is about college uh, students. This is about uh, school students. About all the people who are led to believe that they should revel in victimhood. And then it repeats. Uh, life has no time to wipe your tears and no safe space for a coward. No safe space for a coward. Coward. No safe space for a coward. Coward. Then there is another section that goes, While your demons hide, mine shall carry me to the light. I sit on their backs with eyes open wide. Though they're devious, dark, and hideous, I will ride. They're mine. All of them keep me alive inside. Time never spares no one. In love with death, they're dancing cheek by cheek. I'd rather stand alone and find my strength when I'm weak. Save all your sticks and stones, because they will never cut me to the bone. I've chosen to be free. I'll stand my ground on my own. On my own. On my own. So what is this about? While your demons hide, mine shall carry me to the light. This is about... Again, um, I like the concept of Carl Jung about the shadow self and the importance of understanding, of discovering, understanding and incorporating your shadow self. I like this concept. And that's what it is about. What I'm saying here is while your darkness rules you and you're not even aware of that darkness that you're ruled by, while you indulge in the darkness at the expense of others, while you're engaging in self-destructive behaviors, what I'm doing, I'm gonna whip my demons, my darkness. I'm gonna be taming them. They're gonna be my bitches. They're gonna be my beasts. And I'm gonna use their full force to carry me to the light. I'll sit on their backs with eyes open wide. Eyes open wide means eyes open to the truth. I will use their power. I will use anger. I will use rage. I will use lust. I will use those things and other beasts. I will use them to carry me to the light. Because that's the only right way to go. I'll sit on their backs and I will rule them with eyes open wide. Because I'm seeking the truth. I will use their power to confront the truth. I will use their power to get me through the most difficult of times. Though they're devious, dark, and hideous, I will ride. They're mine, all of them. Keep me alive inside. This is an important, an important line in this song. They're mine. This is about owning your own demons, owning your own darkness, knowing your own darkness. Because it's important it's really important. When you own your own darkness, you can tell 
when it belongs to you and when it's inflated from outside, when someone else is influencing you, when someone else's demons, when someone else's fears, when someone else's rage or anger or lust or greed inflates you. That's why it is important to know your own dark corners. It's like knowing your own house. You know that you have that room. You know that there is a dark corner. You know what's exactly in that dark corner. And it's yours. You have to own it. And if something is out of place, you know that someone had stolen something from you or someone is around and this is their possession. And you don't, you don't need it in your house. You have to be in full control. So that's the idea here, that I own all of these dark corners of myself and they keep me alive inside. Not only them, apparently, but the light as well. Because I have the divine within me and I have the darkness within me. And I'm trying to know the full extent of it so that I can mobilize whatever I have within myself in order to pursue the truth, in order to find the light. That's the idea in this song. And that's why this song is in the very end of the Overcome album, because this is, in the end, this is the realization, this is the revelation uh, that I had. Quite frankly, it's sort of almost ironic that this song was written in 2019 after all the other tracks were written so um, so long ago. And the album itself was conceived back in 20, 2006, 2007, which was really a long time ago. And I've changed so much and things have changed so dramatically. Uh, not only in my life, they've changed for a lot of people. So at this point, when I was writing this track, I was trying to summarize, I was trying to generalize, and I was trying to extract whatever I could from my own experience, and I was trying to relate that to other people, so that hopefully maybe someone else could find this useful and helpful. And uh, with that being said, let's jump into the music analysis, shall we? analysis I have to tell that this time I guess I'll be focusing mostly on the structural aspects of the song because a lot of it is riff based, a lot of it has plenty of chromatic uh, deviations and walking around and uh, that kind of stuff so it's going to be pretty difficult to replicate that on the piano. I'll just hint at some things, for example the intro riff which starts like this. C minor, or so it seems. For the most part, we're kind of in C minor, but this C minor is so heavily distorted, augmented, and modified that 
until the hook actually settles in, until you hear the hook, it's difficult to tell what key are we in, because it's a heavy track. It's a heavy track with plenty of screaming and yelling and all sorts of stuff. And it's not very melodic at all, it's rather abrasive. So you have this fluctuation between minor C, E flat, to F flat, back to E flat. And then the same little sequence repeats from an F sharp. F sharp, A, B, B flat, back to A. So it's a modulation, um, excuse me, a fluctuation between a minor third and a major third. It's the same sequence from a different note. What's important to note here is that the root notes are set exactly tritone apart. That's what actually sets the tone for the entire song, and that's why it's kind of so, so, so disturbing. Uh, let's listen to the entire intro, and when we get to the hook, I will um, show the chord progression for the hook. Here's how it goes.
see, it's a pretty simple hook with a very simple melody. And uh, underneath is the chord progression, which goes, there is a C minor. plus 7, and a passing E-flat major, then back to C minor. G major. Again, F minor. A-flat major. Pretty simple. Very simple hook. Let's continue listening to what's going on next. Yeah. 
right here because there was a fairly melodic section right before that which went like this I was to simplify, I would call it a E major plus seven, then an E flat major plus seven, then down to a C minor, then again G major, again to an E major plus seven, E flat major plus seven, then A flat major plus seven. on the seventh of the chord. And this little thing here with a B natural back to a C actually keeps us grounded in uh, C minor. Because otherwise it would be um, quite easy to sort of flip out of it. After that, uh, the following section um, mirrors an earlier track called Ero Torture, because Ero Torture exactly ends with uh, this same rhythm and this kind of kind of this riff, the riff that it that happens right here and that runs off till the end of the song. Um, let me see. Let me see. This riff that starts here mirrors the one from Ero Torture. Ero Torture ends with a riff that is like this, but not precisely like this. So the notes are kind of different. The um, harmonic context is slightly different, but the rhythm and the pattern of the riff are almost exactly the same. There are other melodies that are layered over this riff here in this song, but that's the whole idea of it, because it, it connects together tracks from different parts of the album. Let's listen to it. Let's 
I see what it does here is that uh, we're taking a riff that almost precisely resembles, that is very much like um, the end riff from Hero Torture. And we blend it together with the hook from, with the native hook from this song. And that way we, we put one thing on top of another, match them up harmonically, and this creates the outro for this track. So it's a blend of what was already um, presented on an earlier track with something new that is presented in this song. So that's a very important uh, reference here. Also, earlier, uh, earlier in the song, the, and I've sort of sang along to it, from the very first track, this theme, the Tower Call theme, it appears throughout the entire album, and this is where it appears once again. If you'll be listening to this track, um, actually listen to it uh, normally, you know, anywhere on any streaming platform, check it out, because there is that theme playing in the back. Let's listen to this whole section.
And this is how the track basically ends. It's the same chord progression that's been already introduced in um, a variety of previous tracks with the same exact theme. Actually in the original key, because Tower Call, as far as I remember, starts uh, out in uh, C minor. That's the main key of the very first track, which was, well, quite a while ago. And this is the 27th track. So, uh, this is a reminder, kind of loops back to where we've started. It's uh, like looking over your shoulder back at, you know, um, the road that he just walked down. So, this is uh, the end of the music analysis, and uh, let's move on to the next section, shall we? So as you can see, or rather as you can hear, uh, the Stone Shower is quite a brutal track with a um, very strong message in it, a very explicit message, a very unapologetic message, and uh, I actually think that this, that this is very appropriate because after an album like this, in the very end, you have to... Uh, I really didn't hold anything back here on this track. I wanted to say it exactly the way I intended to say it. The things that I had in mind, the things that I had to say through music and the harshness of the music, um, the abrasiveness of the music and of the vocal performance, all of that, I think absolutely is appropriate because it's a topic like this. So, uh, it's not that I was writing just a, uh, let's write a heavy metal song and just make it, you know, edgy or something like this. No, I actually mean everything that I said here. I do understand the importance of uh, recognizing the darkness within yourself and taming it. It's serious stuff. And I didn't, I, I don't think that you can water down a message like this. I don't think one should water down a message like that. So that's why the stone shower is so heavy. And then uh, next time on the next episode we're going to be talking about the last conclusive track to the Overcome album, which is Save Tomorrow for Tomorrow. And it stands in stark contrast to this, uh, to the stone shower. So, actually 27, the track 27, the stone shower feels as if it could have been the very last track, but I didn't want to end the entire album like that. I wanted to end it on a more kind of uplifting note, on a more uplifting song, on a more romantic note, perhaps. So that's it, basically. I think I said everything that I had to say about this, uh, about the stone shower, about the lyrics. Uh, a lot of it is there. If if you check out my cat talk. Uh, podcast, video cast rather, on YouTube, I think the things that I have said on the Stone Shower song, I think they will make a lot more sense to you. Or if you're following me on YouTube and if you follow uh, my evolution, uh, the evolution of my ideas and uh, my beliefs and things that I'm looking into over time, 
if you watch my cat talk series, I think this song, the Stone Shower, I think it would make a lot more sense to you. Uh, because outside of music, on YouTube, on Cat Talk, on my Cat Talk podcast, I actually quite often go in depth and I talk about uh, about societal issues, about uh, geopolitical issues, about all sorts of things. If you haven't heard any of my music yet, if this is your first time, I, I of course would urge you to check out my music on any major streaming platform, be that Spotify or Apple Music or iTunes or even YouTube, as I said. Um, if you if you want to find out my music, you know one of the ways to do so is to go to YouTube and uh, you will find my channel, Catherine Crowley, there, and uh, you can find all my music there on my channel. And uh, I would appreciate any of your comments. And also, you can discover my Cat Talk series where I actually talk about, for the most part, about all the things that are not related to my music. Or at least not immediately related to my music. Also, too, I do have a Cat Vibes uh, series there, which is a separate playlist where I post more of casual footage. All sorts of things. Me working in the backyard, or burning a kiln, uh, burning a fire, digging up some clay, uh, making some soap boxes, doing something like this along those lines. Or just, you know, uh, driving in a car and showing some uh, the local beauties of the great state of Kentucky. So, check out my YouTube channel. And if you like my content, please subscribe. And if you like this podcast, please follow. And if you want to leave me a comment, or you feel like you want to reach out, and you have any questions or something like this, you can always get in touch with me through ladycatherinecarelli at gmail.com. Uh, my email is going to be in the description to this episode, and uh, to any other episode. I always put it there. Also, too, if you're interested in exploring my other ventures, I have a business called Southern Caracal. The link is in the description, southerncaracal.com. If you're interested in... Uh, shifting from big box store products to something that is more natural and is actually natural and is better for your skin and for your health. Um, we have some soaps, we have some all-natural handcrafted soaps made in Kentucky. We have uh, shampoo bars, we have lip balm and we got lotions which are very good for your skin. All natural ingredients also, we got an aromatherapy line of soaps, and uh, I'm looking forward to um, releasing this year, a little later, some body butter and uh, body spray. That's what I'm looking into currently. So, check out these products at southerncaracol.com. If you will have, should you have any questions, there is a chat box and you can always ask a question and you will get a response. With that being said, thank you very much for spending your time with me. Thank you for following this podcast. If you like my podcast, please share it. I'll appreciate this. I love you. I appreciate your time. Thank you for being with me, and you will hear me on the next episode. Arrgh.